If you like to get it done and not spend more than is necessary to learn anything, this is the podcast for you. It's named after my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless. Just 15 minutes every week, you will learn something cool to make your body better, your life better, your mind better. I share tips from my books, from other great healthcare books, some interviews with people who are making life look easy, and peeks into some case studies I see every day as a chiropractor. I've been a practicing healthcare provider for 40 years and have about another 20 under my belt because I love to see people get well, feel better, have hope, and make life better for those around them. My name is Kelly Pearson, and I'm the host of this podcast. So let's get going. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. We're going to be talking about something that has got two prongs here today, two, two points of interest, and you'll learn a little bit of anatomy about elbow pain, but there's a backdrop there. The most important thing I want you to learn, I'll, I'll get to that in, in a minute, because in order for us to do well in life, you have to pay attention to your body. You can't put it on a shelf and experience pain and hope it goes away because your body will say, oh, I see, you don't want to use that part. Well, let's see if we can compensate. And let me tell you, compensations are never as good as the real thing obviously. So this weekend, I had the absolute pleasure of being with my family. My, my niece just had a, a new baby that came into town, or came into the world, I should say. <laughs> and what um, happened was my, generally, when I'm there, the chiropractor and the family, I'm taking care of people in my family that are broken. And <laughs> a lot of times, um, it's not, I don't get to see them all that often. So a lot of times they may have had the pain for a bit. But my brother had developed some lateral tendonitis some the outside of his, his elbow hurt after using this big, crazy lawnmower that could take down small trees. And he was wrestling it with, with his arms and he developed some pain that had been there for a couple of weeks. My sister is a nurse and she said, well, this is what I would tell you to do, brother. Um, use ice, don't use that stupid piece of equipment anymore and take some ibuprofen. <laughs> and my brother looked at her like, really? So, but isn't that kind of what we do is, okay, don't do that anymore and let's kill the inflammation. We know something's wrong, but let's just tell the body to hush up so we don't have to hear it whining. So I told him I would take a look at him and, and she said, Kelly, seriously, you really think you can help his elbow pain? I said, well, Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the components of the exam, the things that can go wrong. So she actually was interested. My brother went along for the ride. So if you put your left hand on the outside of your elbow, your right elbow, that's where his pain was. And what we, what we surmise with that kind of pain, it could come from whatever tissue is living in that area, or possibly uh, from a referred pain pattern from a tissue um, somewhat close by, maybe in the neck or something like that. And so first I took his wrist and you have to remember in, in your forearm, you have two bones, the radius and the ulna, and they roll over on each other as you, as you put your palm down. And then when you roll your palm up, they roll back over. So there's this, what we call supination and pronation. And if you have pain at the elbow, you have to think, okay, let's, let's, look at the possibility of 
what muscles might be involved that are attached there. And there's a lot of supinator muscles that are attached in that area. Muscles that when contracted will, will put your palm upward. And you can remember that because when your palm's upward, you could hold um, a little cup of soup. That's how you can remember supination. So the muscle itself may be strained um, and or got some adhesions in it from overworking. Maybe he you know, got jerked enough for that couple hours he was on that thing that the muscle pulled and then it, it, it got inflamed. It tore a little bit, got inflamed and it's sore. And so when the muscle itself, where it attaches from the elbow down to the wrist, if that muscle's upset, you will feel um, a projection of discomfort often to where the tendon inserts into the bone. Remember, muscles have tendons on either end and they attach to bones. And when those muscles contract, the bones move. So he could have had an adhesion in, in this group of muscles we call the supinator group or the extensor wad potentially. And he had a little bit of trigger point in, in one part of that muscle for sure. But when I tested the muscle, um, and I actually asked him to resist against me and I tested all the muscles in, in the forearm, the ones that roll it forward and roll it back and flex it and extend it. And when I tested his supinator muscle, it was actually weakened. It was a little inhibited. So I said, well, you not only have a little trigger point in this muscle, but the muscle itself got over, over, overworked and overzealous. In your case, it got inhibited and it's not fully engaging. And there's a technique that we use called advanced muscle integration technique and you can get that muscle kind of go back online. So I had two things now to work on. But then I took a look at how his bones were moving down at the lower part of the wrist. Because remember, if those bones are stuck, if they're, they're adhesed and not moving, when the muscles say, hey, come on over here, if the joint's restricted, the muscle will have to work a little harder and then the tendon where the muscles attached will be strained and you'll feel pain. So I tested the mobility of his wrist, very gentle, what we call end range motion. And those joint, those bones weren't moving properly down below. And then we took a look at the, um, the joint in the elbow where the ulna meets with the humerus. And there's also another place where the radius meets with the ulna, I mean, with the humerus there's, and, the, and the ulna. It's really, a, it's kind of a complicated joint. But the point is when I went to palpate those joints to see if there was joint play, if they were moving well, in all three instances in those spots, they were stuck, a little stuck. And so I knew, okay, I've got to get those joints to move because if they're not moving, it's going to put more stress on the muscle. And no matter what we do to the muscle, the muscle is going to be upset. So his condition got a little more complicated. And then the last thing I looked at is um, his lower neck because the nerves around the lower neck, as they, as they leave the neck, will go to send signals to the elbow, particularly in that region. And he, in fact, couldn't side bend, couldn't bend his head to the right because of some joint restriction, particularly in the lower cervical spine. Remember, you have seven cervicals and then they meet with the thoracic. So right where the last cervical was meeting with the thoracic, he couldn't quite move to the right as well, it was stuck. So 
I began my course of care. I first lengthened the trigger point in that supinator. And then I, I did my reflex work, the advanced muscle integration work to try to get that supinator to engage properly so it could, it, it could contract more effectively. Then I adjusted the lower part of the wrist and then I adjusted the elbow in those couple places. And then I loosened his lower neck and with a simple adjustment and then um, worked with his posture a little bit because when you have a forward shoulder posture that puts stress on the neck and anytime the neck is, is part of the problem, you've got to really work on the posture. So I, I gave him a little thoracic lift and a nice little release and gave him an exercise to help his posture. And so when I was done with all that, he goes, wow, Kel, that feels quite a lot better. And my sister says, what? Come on, that feels better. <laughs> and I, I just had to, I just had to laugh because that is the difference between, you know, different treatment styles. We all excel at different things. But my point was this. My brother had had this pain for two weeks. He happened to see me. It was convenient and easy. He asked me for treatment and, and we, we, we got it taken care of. But that's not generally how life goes. We have pain. We ignore it. We take ibuprofen. We might use ice. We take some more ibuprofen. And, you know, four, four weeks, four months later, it still sort of hurts. Now your body has a pattern of of tightness, of anxiety, if you will, muscular anxiety, where the muscle doesn't know how to let go. And the longer you wait, the harder it is to turn the corner on that thing. So my, my point is, is twofold. One is you have to trust that there is something you can do for your body pain. I, I would go so far as to say always there's something to do for your body pain. I mean, certainly you can tell them the nervous system just shut the heck up. I don't want to hear about it anymore. And that might be necessary if you're really, really super injured and your pain level is so high. Yeah, go ahead and give the body something to tell so it can't talk about the pain. But then you got to step back and say, what do I do to improve function? How do I get that wrist, that elbow moving better, the muscles that influence the elbow happier, lengthened, working easier? How do I get the neck and the upper back more fluid so those nerves that are exiting going to the elbow can have a better expression of happiness, if you will? And, and uh, yet we often just say, oh, nothing can be done. Nothing can be done. And I just get so stinking man, because yes, everything can be done. So fast forward to my flight home, I was sitting next to a gentleman who had horrible neck pain, hadn't been able to rotate to the right for several months. And he was, um, he, he's not somebody who looks like he does a lot of exercise and his, his posture was getting a little challenged with the forward head position. And I knew that he could be helped, but it's gonna take some work. And he's been dealing with this for months and months and months. So it's not gonna go away overnight. And when I have someone like that begin a course of care and stretching on their own and opening their, their posture up and tolerating mobilization and massage and this type of thing, they, they will get better, but it takes time now. It takes sometimes weeks and weeks and weeks to fully recover. And, and yet, I mean, even upwards of months, if the person's grotesquely are osteoarthritic and they haven't been exercising and they've let go of their body and they eat a lot of crappy food that creates inflammation, like, okay, it's going to be harder. For sure, it's going to be harder. Impossible? No. 
never impossible, but it's going to take two, two players, you know, the, the practitioner who's willing to put in the work, but more importantly, the patient who's willing to do the work. And in my, in my world, anybody who's treating body pain needs to be giving the patient homework. Because when you go to an MD, what's your homework? You take the drug they recommend, right? You go to a chiropractor or your PT, what's your homework? It's the new movement pattern that they want to instill in your body. Maybe it's increased flexibility. Maybe it's an exercise to increase strength around that area. Maybe it's taking some supplements that naturally reduce pain like vitamin C, turmeric, fish oil, that type of thing. But there should always be homework. So my, my take home message to, to you guys is trust, trust the body can heal. And you have to begin the question of where should I go? Who should I see? Ask around. And if your doctor says this, oh, you're just getting older. Absolutely say, stop it. That's not, that's not the reason why I, I have pain. Yes, I've been on the planet longer. Yes, I have more more challenges. Yes, it might take longer, but just because I'm aging does not mean my body cannot heal. And it is up to us as patients not to just acquiesce. So that's my message for you guys today. And my brother's doing better. My sister was educated about, about elbow pain. And um, I was able to treat her afterwards for some challenges that she's had the problem is, you know, I don't live in that state. I don't see them that often and they need some regular care, but uh, that'll be the next step is teaching them to trust yet someone else who's not in, the, not in the family. In any event, I hope that was helpful for you and for you to um, not suffer the consequences of pain, even if you've had it for years, always there's something we can do. All right, y'all have a wonderful week. And I hope everything goes perfectly for you. Or, well, how about this? I hope everything has some challenges that have solutions. That's, that's more realistic. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks for spending 15 minutes with me. My website, pearsonworry.com, includes an awesome, if I don't say so myself, online classes I teach on chronic neck and chronic back pain really designed to give you tools to kick your own pain. If you want to play on the civility workshop with us, You'll find the Zoom links on that resource page as well. Pick up my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless for someone who's driving you nuts, moping around, feeling sorry for themselves. If you want to watch online videos of the active content of my book, go to 8minutestoageless.com. Of course, a great review of this podcast is always appreciated and even better to share it with a friend. Hope you have a terrific day.